Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to be kind of continuing on our last episode where we were talking about personal voice. Uh, We're going to be talking about kind of your personal path and finding your path um, into a, a career as a professional artist. And with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello. Um, yeah, we we just uh, talked with each other quite a bit about what happens uh, over the lifetime of an artist and how do you how do you find your way? What are the stages of a, a career in the arts? And it happens at different times for different people, for sure. But there is, uh, you know, the entry the entry stage. There is the development of your work and your career, and there is looking to the future and how to keep growing. You were saying kind of the the entry stage uh, for you began very young with kind of your uh, your early influences, right. um, gifts that people gave you. Right. Um, you know, I I am fortunate to say that my childhood was one that was enriched uh, by parents that encouraged me and um, gave me art supplies and took me to museums and, and all those things, introduced me to practicing artists, even though they were not, but they they really made an effort to to help me see that there was such a thing as an art career. And I know they're unusual in that many parents uh, actively discourage the thought of an art career. Yeah. And they also introduced you to mentors who are not artists who also had an impact on you. Yeah, right. Um, my my father was an engineer and my mother a social worker and they so their own spheres of interest were not in the creative arts although they they both enjoyed music and acting but they had they had contacts like um there was a an archaeologist that we met when we lived in West Virginia and so somehow archaeology became a family hobby as had been also uh, collecting our um collecting rocks and fossils. My dad would take us looking for those things and shells at the seashore. And the archaeology thing was pretty amazing. I mean, I was in high school at the time and actually able to participate in excavating a site. And that was pretty amazing, uh, opening up an interest in archaeology that has persisted. I've never been a scientific archaeologist, but there is something about it that is very intriguing to me. Well, and that was at a stage in your life, I'm guessing high school, um, people are trying to tell you that you need to figure out what you want to do with your life. And yeah. um, so I, at this point, you kind of probably already had some idea that you wanted to be in the arts. I did. I did. And at the same time, even though I, I had met practicing professional artists here and there, uh, like a lot of people and young people, I just thought um, it's really hard to make a career as a studio artist, what am I going to do? And like a lot of people, I thought of art related careers. Like uh, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this was art related, but I took a drafting class. (laughs) You know, actually I took a, uh, a computer aided design class in high school. Um, you know, cause I kind of thought like maybe there's some design or something, you know, there might be a future in that, but it it ends up, turning out to be pretty dull yeah i remember actually i don't know if i dropped out or just simply hated it but i didn't get far with that that was a night school thing uh, as a as an adult actually but back in high school you know i thought about 
illustration as a career because I, as a child, I just absolutely loved um, some of the more detailed illustrations, like the old, not Disney version, but old Winnie the Pooh books and old Alice in Wonderland books. And I yeah, thought, some of those old illustrations oh are just gosh, fantastic, it's beautiful, and and so detailed and expressive. And and I thought, well, I I could illustrate children's books. That would be really interesting. Um, I also thought of scientific illustration because of the archaeology and because I liked insects. And ever since I was a little kid, I loved looking under the microscope at details. And so those were things that kind of percolated around in there. I did I did have an instructor in high school at a I was fortunate enough to go to a private school for a couple of years. And so I had a very small art class and I remember this this art teacher taking me so seriously. And I remember once she said to me about a particular thing I had done, well, it's not your best work, but you know, these other things that you've done are far better. And I I mean I was a little shaken up, but I thought, wow, like she's taken me pretty seriously here. <laughs> she sees a potential and she wants me to live up to it. And I had these little little hints and glimpses that yes, you could be very serious about your work and yes, you could make a career of it. So and I was young and I think a lot of people come into art so much later in life that they're not necessarily thinking of it as a career. They just want to find their creative side. But for people starting out young, those those contacts are super important when somebody, you know, really, really looks at what you're doing. And I think I think any of us in the arts can think about uh, what what contact do we have with younger people that are interested in art and how can we encourage them? The desire to have the career can start really young. So uh, moving into kind of your college years, I know that you were working with kind of these natural concepts and uh, pictures of uh, drawing pictures of bugs and um, uh, printmaking. Right. So, right. My undergraduate school, I think for a lot of people who, who are seeking a Bachelor of Fine Arts is really kind of a smorgasbord of things. You try a lot of things. And, and you usually have to take some some things that are kind of outside your area of interest, like 3D sculpture, things like that. Um, yeah, that always frustrated me in college that like I had a very specific idea of what I wanted to be doing. And the fact that I had to take all these classes that weren't related to that was very frustrating for me. Yeah, it's it's a concept, you know that, and there's there's merit to it because in fact I thought I wanted to be a printmaker, but because I took some painting, look where I ended up, you yeah. know. And, and I got there's a something lot of, to be said for trying new things. You got to be open to new yes. concepts and new techniques and how at to the incorporate same time, that. Yeah, at the same time, it can be a little frustrating. I I was frustrated by some of the academic classes that went along with getting a bachelor's degree. Oh yeah. You know, like why am I taking math, <laughs> you know? Well, um, and it's it's like the kind of math that you're expected to take too. I mean, to yeah. me it would make sense to make to to take some kind of like business related math, you know, because right. yeah. if you're going to be going into art, you're going to be running a business. You know, and you got to be able to balance books mm-hmm. and do some like basic accounting. I don't, 
I probably could have done that. I just didn't have the perspective on it. Yeah. You know? It's just get that get that art. I mean, I don't know about what what you were being forced to take, but I was being forced to take like algebra two and pre calculus and calculus and stuff like this, and and it had no bearing on what I wanted to do as a career. And that's been something that I mean, I was frustrating for me in high school, you know, as well. Was was you know why am I wasting my time, you know, learning high level math that like and I and and not learning basic accounting and you know. No kidding. I mean, I think. I think looking back, if you could say, if I knew now what I didn't know then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what my math class was. I think I've blocked it out. But anyway, you know, college years were good. Undergraduate school, we did, we did have a lot of visiting artists coming through a very nice uh, open, you know, a, a public gallery at the school where I went here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And the visiting artists would always spend time with the students and or you might go out for a beer with them or something. And that was that was really good because you you continued to meet people that were out there and they were practicing artists. And most of them were very kind and very good in talking to the students. So and and the gallery itself was a, a constant source of interesting work coming through. And so I, I felt like I was I was really happy with the program, although I mean, I, I will say also that it was there was probably a lack of technical information. I mean, I a lot of things you had to kind of figure out on yourself, by yourself. And I remember puzzling about different kinds of brushes or not being sure what a painting medium was. And sure. <laughs> there was sort of, I don't know, expectation that you would either figure it out at the art store or something. But Well, these days there's a whole lot of opportunity to to research stuff on the internet. Absolutely. You know, all this information is available for free. Um, and if there's a skill that is kind of like a basic, you know, just I need to know how to do X, you know, there's definitely a YouTube video for that. Right. You know, right. there's lots of now opportunities for self-learning. And uh, so people that are wondering how to get started, there's so much information that yeah. didn't used to be available. Um, so I and, and sometimes people ask me, well, do you recommend getting an art degree? And I don't I'm not sure the answer to that because I'm I'm a little bit disconnected now from what art degrees are all about. I do say to people, older people who are thinking about going back to school, that they probably will do better with just their own practice and and self-educating with various workshops and things like that. The I think in particular graduate school is very conceptual these days. <laughs> and if that's not your particular interest then it's probably not for you well i'm i'm happy to speak from my own personal experience what what the people the the learning experiences that are most valuable to me were uh kind of on an individual basis with a mentor you know um I learned a lot more from just working with people in in a real kind of production setting, mm-hmm. you know, either in an art setting or a business setting than I ever did in, in college in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that experience was far more valuable to me and it was a whole lot less expensive. <laughs> um, and, right. and also, you know, like I mentioned, if you just want to learn how to do something specific, you know, mm-hmm. the Internet is a great resource. Yeah. It's not going to necessarily give you the exposure to. Um, you know, a wide variety of skills that a 
just a specific individual can. Um, you know, you, I mean, obviously you can find anything you want on the internet in terms of variety, but you kind of have to be looking for something specific. Um, yeah. you know, you're not going to find, you know, information on cold wax medium if you're, uh, looking at, if you don't know what it is. Stuff. I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the, one of the benefits of college and graduate school, both is that you're, you become part of a community and True, I, the networking I have, re- that I have very, yeah, I have very fond memories of, yeah. of both places of, of knowing other artists, of sitting up late talking in studios and, you know, really. And there are things that you can do with an art degree. You can teach, you can, um, you know, there's, there's, yes. you can teach. <laughs> That's Absolutely. <about> it, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That with the, with the MFA, which is the terminal degree in art, I love that expression. Um, you can teach and so teach university. So, um, yeah, I, I think the the culture surrounding art departments can be really supportive and exciting. And, and I mean, I, for me, it, it definitely launched me in a lot of ways. I, I really started thinking differently about how I could make a career, especially in graduate school. Although there wasn't a lot of specific information about that, at the same time, again, the constant exposure to professional artists who would come through visiting artists and looking at exhibits and and just sort of it starts to the the bubble becomes a little more real and less fragile you start to see that this could actually happen and um well i i think if i was going to give advice to somebody who is looking at art school it would be to go as a as a as a non-degree seeking student or a non-traditional student and take the classes that you want to take and you know try to you know meet the people who you want to meet um, but not necessarily focus on a degree unless you want the degree for something specific. Right. And this is this is ever more true in the world of expanding tuition prices. <laughs> yeah, it's it's far less expensive to just pick up the credits that you want to take. Yeah, and you know, and it gives you that exposure to the people on campus and and mm-hmm. to the teachers and to the the sure. uh, visiting artists and all of that without you know paying for a full degree program. Yeah, and that. That situation obviously was very different when I was young. And, you know, I think the University of Wisconsin was $500 a semester when I went. Yeah, that, it's, that's un, unbelievable to me. <laughs> so, yes, in today's world, there are financial considerations about getting that art degree. So there, there are serious considerations. Uh, so, you know, that can be a path. Or, as, as you were saying, Ross, that you can find your own way through those initial stages of figuring out what is your medium? Like, what do you really like to do? Um, is it painting? Is it clay? Is it something else? It will. And even if you're not being forced to take classes outside of, of the specific area that, that you want to take, um, you know, I think you should take some, some different classes and, sure. um, and, and in areas outside of art too, uh, some of the classes that I really enjoyed the most when I was in school were the philosophy classes. Um, and you know, those were just, I needed some electives and this was an area that I was interested right. in. Um, but, uh, you know, in retrospect, they were some of the, the most valuable classes I took. Yeah. And very, very good point because what feeds your art, it's not necessarily other art, <laughs> It can be fed by reading and poetry and or going things. on an archaeological dig. All those things, and so it's it's the product of a rich life, and what you can do to enrich your life is is all part of the journey. It really is, and so 
I think there's a point for many people when they get out of college or grad school where reality absolutely hits. Many, many people with a graduate degree then go on uh, into teaching university. Uh, other people are a bit lost, frankly, and, and it also depends a bit on what your medium is, because if you graduate with a printmaking degree or um, a, clay, a degree in clay, those are, those are places where you need quite a studio set up to continue, right? Yeah. <laughs> or you have to find some cooperative situation. If you've majored in painting, well, just need some paint and so and a few other things. <laughs> but um, there is that, that pause usually for people when they get out of school. It's like, okay, this is true for any topic, any degree that you get. Like you have that moment of I'm done with school. And for an artist, for somebody who wants to be an artist, it's – it's a pretty fragile time. A lot of people let go of it, honestly. Uh, they find they lose their way and never get back to art, maybe till they're much, much older. And it just is a, you feel very unsupported in a way when you get out of college, if you're not going on to teach somewhere. And for me, you know, we had planned to have a family when I had finished my schooling and, you know, I entered mommy world right after graduate school <laughs> bit of a shock <laughs> um pulled out of it you know and i i kept my work going but anyway i think if you're in that phase of life it's very typical to be floundering for quite a while yeah so how do you find your way then into the professional workspace well different for everyone i'm sure um i think the the topic of, of mentors is kind of interesting. Some of us find mentors in college or, or graduate school. You mentioned um, sort of apprenticeship situations. That's another way to work with somebody. Or even just working for somebody, yeah. you know, uh, right. one of the one of the jobs that was really valuable to me, um, I worked at a um, it was uh, a place in, in Fresno um, where they had a, a studio space that was available for rent. They had kiln space that was available for rent. Um, and they had a gallery space yeah. and, and a kind of a retail side with tools and stuff. And they had classes there. Um, they, there were always visiting artists coming through and I got paid a, a very good wage for working in an environment that to me was better than art school. You know, <laughs> I had everything there that I needed yeah, yeah. and you got to do your own clay work. There. I, yeah. I had, I had, um, uh, you know, as an employee, I had discounted rates for access to studio space and kiln space. Um, and yeah. it was, it was really a fantastic situation to be in. And that that's, that's ideal. And, and I know, you know, sometimes people find jobs in in galleries or something where, they start to become connected to the art world, of, of course, depending on where you live or what the opportunities are, you know, you might not be able to do that. And it is, it's a difficult time. I think if you can find a mentor of any sort, and this could be through taking workshops, there are people now who offer mentoring services online, some, some really good artists that will, for a fee, talk you through what you're doing and help you find your way and you form a personal connection with them. Well, I, you know, some advice that I always give to people is um, in terms of just putting yourself out there and finding opportunities um, in whatever you're doing, cold call. 
just call people up and talk to them. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people are happy to to talk with you, um, you know, to show you their space, yeah. uh, to You're even so hire you and pay you money <laughs> to do work for them. All I, I mean, when I the way I got that job in Fresno, um, I I was looking for work. I, I said, well, this is what I'm qualified for. You know, I, I've been doing ceramic art for a number of years through high school and, uh, you know, a couple of years of college or whatever. Um, and uh, I opened up the phone book <laughs> and I, I called every place that had like, oh, you know, a relation, you know, any kind of re relation to ceramics. And I interviewed at a few different places, but I got two jobs at at places that had um, you know, a great impact on my skills and my abilities. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even today, you know, when I'm looking for, you know, an opportunity, if there, if I have an idea and I'm like, how can I make this happen? I pick up the phone and I call people <laughs> who don't know me. You're and, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, if you, if you can get past that, if you can say, you know what, they don't know me, I don't know them, but there's a mutually beneficial relationship mm -hmm. to be built here. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier than well, you think it is. It you just got to jump think, into the deep end. It makes me think of how the cold wax book got started because Jerry was a total stranger. Exactly. To me. He cold called you and look what happened. <laughs> so I think that's a very good point. Go go after it. Go look and see what's out there and go for it. And I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there if you're just open to them. And and if if you don't see them jumping out at you, go and make some. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so navigating that world when you don't really have the support you had in school, you're not really making any money at your work. Maybe you have, hopefully, uh, someone supportive in your life, either friends or a spouse that's willing to say, hey, you know, I'm here for you. I'll help you get through this time. And it just, it is just hard. I, I came very close to selling all my art supplies at one point i was very discouraged yeah i remember that <laughs> it was a dark time <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, s I said no way <laughs> i did have a supportive family for sure <laughs> um and, and glad glad i pushed on really but anyway i i speak from experience that there were probably i'm going to say at least 10 years before things started to pick up for me and i i had other jobs and i I did use my MFA to do some adjunct teaching and I did some other things. But uh, anyway, let's move on to where maybe you've made your first connection. You're starting, you're starting to have some connections in the art world and an idea of where you want to go. And I think then it is very important to, to be somewhat discerning in what you're doing because there will be a lot of, frankly, there are a lot of opportunities but they're not all worth it. And like some people, many people start with juried exhibits and that's actually really good. It can give you some experience in showing your work. It can also be a bit of an economic pitfall by the time you pay the entry fees and get your work uh, ready for display and shipped. But, you know, things that if you start looking for opportunities you'll find lists of places to apply and all kinds of things. And I think at that point, it can be a little overwhelming. What, what is my overall goal? What am I, what am I trying to do here? 
there are different paths that you can take. Well, it helps to have kind of a vision of what you want the in the future. Is important. Yeah. And and to kind of hold that and and, and know what you're working toward. If right. if it's kind of a vague, nebulous, I want to be an artist, you know, that's a, that's a lot harder to kind of see the path than, yeah. you know, yeah, I want to have, right. you know, my own dedicated studio space. I want my studio to be set up like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have these resources available to me. I, I want to be in, in this number of galleries, you know. Right. You have to have, I think you do need some goals just to get some traction, you know, just yeah. to say, ah, I did that actually. No, no, I'm going on. I mean, that it's a lot easier to see what progress looks like and what, what steps are meaningful if, you, if you're working towards something specific. Yeah, yeah. And you can start small and you can start with what you have and that's... That's a basic, a good advice. You don't need a big fancy studio set up. You don't, you know, work with what you have and look to the future. Make those calls if you're brave enough, like Ross is. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not, then find another way. <laughs> you know, we do have internet. We do have, but sometimes it's almost easier to make personal calls at you know, I, you can I think smile that, and <laughs> I think that the the picking up the phone is a little bit more personal and it's and more direct and you're more likely to get somewhere. There's something to be said for just sending out emails, but emails are real easy to ignore. Oh, they sure are. Um, I've had a lot less success sending out cold emails to people than cold calling people and talking to them on the phone so the real mentor that maybe you need is somebody to teach you how to make phone calls (laughs) (laughs) well you know the uh, developing personal relationships and interacting with people on a personal level is um, a skill set that is extremely valuable and i think that everyone needs Mm -hmm. and uh, you know actually um if you have trouble speaking with people um i think what you really should do is get a service job you know, if you're if you're in a job where you're uh, waiting tables or you're bartending, um, I think especially something like bartending where you have a lot of face time with customers and you talk with them quite a bit, um, y- you will become good at it. You yeah, know? it's practice like anything. Yeah. yeah. So back to our career path. So we're we're stumbling along now. We've made stumbling some- along. Yeah. <laughs> We've made some contacts. We've entered some juried shows. We've started, things are starting to happen. Um, one of the things that's interesting is, and looking back from my point of view now, I can see that there were there were doors that started to open for me. And for one reason or another, maybe basic shyness or something, I didn't pursue them. And I think uh, sometimes... I will find even now I'll find somebody's business card or an old email where there's a suggestion that a following up could have went somewhere. <clears throat> and <laughs> obviously I didn't I'm I didn't follow the advice I'm going to say now, but as much as possible follow up on on almost anything where somebody seems interested or gives you their card. I mean, it's an aggressive position, but, and very hard for a lot of people to, to even, even go after, it's not cold calling. I mean, somebody's already said, oh, you know, um, yeah, you should come, come by and see me sometime. And, uh, or maybe sometime I'd like you to, you know, commit, I'd like to commission you for something or whatever it is. And, 
it's too easy to say, oh, I don't think so. You know, I don't have time or something. But I look back at my own path and I would say there's probably a long trail of business cards and <laughs> things that I just, I took them, said thank you, and that was it. So um, that would be some advice from a person who didn't really do it. <laughs> but of course, other things do open up and I, I can look back now and say I've had a good career. So you don't always have to do everything perfectly either. Yeah, you can you can kind of fail upward. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> fail upward. <laughs> so so hopefully with you know just keeping yourself open, talking to people, being friendly, uh, whatever you feel that you can do, at some point you start your career does in some sense take off in that you're starting to sell work if that's what you're looking for. You're starting to get exhibits if that's what you're looking for, and. And notice that I say if that's what you're looking for, because there is some defining of what it is you want to do. Some people don't necessarily care about selling their work. They just want to do it and they want people to appreciate it and they want to get it out there. But the sales part, for whatever reason, is not important. And so I just want to make that distinction. And I think if you want to take it to another level, I think anything that you can do to improve your own self-image as a professional in the art world. For, my, for myself, uh, this included going on artist residencies in other countries. It really did a lot for me to see, to meet artists from around the world, to gain some perspective on what I was doing, to learn from them about what it was like in their countries and all and those things. get that things. outside perspective. It was amazing. And it still continues to be amazing. I, I've had something like 10 opportunities to go on artist residencies, and every one of them is just amazing. And so something like that where you, you really, you know, it's a challenge. You push yourself out there. Um, for me, teaching was another way of advancing myself. I uh, hope I advanced a few students at the same time. Um but it's it's a very challenging thing to get into teaching workshops and it pushes you and you have to you have to stay ahead of your students you have to articulate what you're doing you have to be quite conscious of your own process and be able to describe it and convey it and support other people and all those things start to build up your yourself your who am i am i am i an artist yes i'm an artist <laughs> So I, I guess if we could kind of like synthesize this episode into a few bits of advice, um, be open to opportunity, be willing to change, uh, look for themes in your own life and, and things that you can incorporate um, and how they relate to outside culture um, and, uh, and, and always be kind of uh, um, looking for, for the next way to advance your work and, and keep a, a, a specific vision in your mind of what mm -hmm. you want your life to be as an artist. And I, I know that many of our listeners are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. And I meet people at my workshops in that age range who are very discouraged and they're like, what do I do? And then nothing is happening. And I think if you look back at your life, and I myself am in my 60s, and I can say this, I look back at my life and say, there really have been challenges and things I've overcome. And if you look at your life, you'll see that too. I'm sure everybody has these things that you get 
you have struggles and you get past them and it's the same with your work i mean honestly it's it's no different so you can you can gain uh courage and respect for your own life by looking back and saying you can do it well that about wraps up this episode of the messy studio you can find the messy studio on facebook as well as public profiles for both rebecca kroll and myself ross tickner Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you. 